0: Ladies and gentlemen, you know exactly what time it is. Welcome back to the Catitude Podcast on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Anders Pryor. Thank you for making this show and all of the Believe Network a part of your week in your world of sports media consumption. I hope everyone here has had a wonderful week. Happy spring training. Happy, I was going to say happy pitchers and catchers, but that's past us. Happy spring training. Games are underway. The Phillies play today if you're in the area and you like them. I'm personally a Yankees guy. I'm going to be tuning in later trying to fit them in between all the college basketball that we have today. Very exciting stuff. I always like baseball. The, the time leading up to baseball I think is very uniquely sort of um pleasant and, and and you know joyful in comparison to the other sports because in my mind, it's a rem- first of all I, I think that the preseason product that baseball has is so kind of unique and idiosyncratic in terms of the little 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 details of it um but also it's just generally a reminder that the weather's getting nicer and that the dopamine's, from the sun outside, are going to start hitting, and it's a great feeling. Um, But today's not a baseball day. Today is a huge day in college basketball in general for a lot of teams, but it's also a very big day, the biggest game of the year for Villanova, the Wildcats, for Kyle Neptune. We ain't dead yet. That's the title of this episode, as you guys saw. I'm going to explain why. We're going to do a lot of really interesting thought processes here today. Um, So we're going to get running away. Again, thank you for making this show a part of your week. So tonight we have UConn at 8 o'clock on the road in Connecticut. And um, they're 11 and a half point um favorites that being Yukon and I like I instead of I don't know if we're gonna win which let me I, I want to rephrase that because god I hate I hate saying that so much um I would be very unsurprised if we don't win uh, because it is on the road what I will say what well, The way I want to look at this game more so f- and how I kind of want to focus on it and thread it through the sort of thought continuum of this episode is to look at this game rather just as an isolated incident, look at it more so in the context of the rest of the season, regular season and Big East oh. tournament. What happens if we win tonight? Well, I think that it goes in – we're not going to blow them out. In a a, a sense, I almost view – it's hard to say because, I mean, on one hand, it does seem sort of obvious that a blowout is better than a close win because you win by more points and strength of victory is taken into consideration, especially – when you know when they make the bracket, especially within the context of conference opponents that you face twice, um, people that you have to face, and especially against tournament-bound teams like UConn, um, the way I would view it is, you know, on that's on one hand, and on the other hand, there's the possibility where you benefit more from a close win because it's an indication of coaching and the improvement of coaching. And, you know, we talk about how sometimes the committee can have a little bit of a recency bias, and so they they would take that into consideration as well. They would also do that with the big margin, though. But the, that's how, that's kind of one kind of way of thinking it. I would probably have – I mean, let's think about it. If you're a fan and, you, and, and if they beat – UConn by one if they beat them by 21 you're going to have the same sort of ecstatic reaction no matter what and I think that that reaction while emotional actually you know is indicative of any win in my view being sort of equal here and so the way I look at it is that if we win this game our tournament boundness is essentially locked. Um it's essentially locked in. You know, it it's really hard. I mean, we've seen how, you know, when Nebraska beat um when they beat Purdue and I believe they, you know they when they took care of Wisconsin and all that. Um the way I you know we saw how much their stocks catapulted. And for and they and when they beat those guys, they were in a very Sort of similar position to the one that we're currently in right now. Um, I think that if we win against UConn. Essentially all that really needs to happen. Is that we don't lose. To Georgetown. Um, Because that it doesn't entirely erase. You know. It doesn't entirely erase that win the way that you know losing to DePaul might, but it would undo a lot. It, it, it genuinely would. Um, so, base beat once we beat UConn. No, we'll, sorry, not that. That's not a prediction. Not a prediction. Um, if we beat UConn, then there's kind of one kind of big step, which is. Not losing to Georgetown, and I'll get to. I will get to, um, the Big East tournament at the end when I explain both sides. The other side is that we lose to UConn, which I think you know. If you look at what people are saying, you look at the betting market, you look at the trends. I think that is, the more likely outcome. I think that that is something that people would, side with regardless of who you're a fan of, um. I, and again, I don't view Yukon as a must win in the first place so I will not be brutally devastated if we lose, which is why I feel you know I'm in a good mood about this game because there's so much to gain and very little to lose um I see it as if we lose to Yukon, that turns Creighton. Into a must-win game. Now, that was the attitude that I had before Creighton upset UConn earlier in the week. Now that they have put off the upset, and a very convincing one at that. I adopt that mentality and push it further onto you guys to an even greater extent. Because... Their profiles have been boosted, and their ranking is going to go i'm I'm not sure if they'll maybe get to single digits, but they, they'll 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 get a good boost and so taking care of those guys in compliment to the to the win that we got against them earlier in the year when their profile was was still strong would not be what it is right now um, i think I think it's just, so I think that becomes a must win. Um, then there's a sort of secondary mentality, which is you know that the two most important games are, uh, Seton Hall and, um, Providence. The reason being, and I understand this kind of way of looking at it, the reason being that they are two teams that are in that are in the context of the landscape of the bubble and of and, and bracketology are in a very sort of similar situation that we're in. And, you know, in that kind of last four in first four out sort of back and forth territory. And so getting the tiebreaker would essentially help us flip sides with them. And the fact that, you know, in a, it's, you know, all holds, all holds bar. if, you know we split, but because we got wins against them earlier, and they would be sweeps if we beat them again, that kind of makes it re- That's gonna make it really hard for the committee to find reasons to put them over us. And if you look at where they are now, it would give make our ability to be in the tournament, I think really, or the likelihood of being in the tournament, I think really, really, really strong. That's why the Butler win last week was so important because at the time, you know, we were in the next four out and then and I th- I forget where exactly, but was, they were in like that 16 team group bubble um, of guys and we beat them. We moved kind of clo- up on that scale. They moved down on that scale. And so basically you kind of want to be as destructive in your wins as possible in terms of picking and choosing who you want to attack, obviously you want to beat everyone. I, and the I would, you know, I I think um, if I if I had to if I had to you know pick an avenue of thought to to go under, I mean ultimately, reg- I mean everyone agrees that regardless of the way that you look at it. Um, you know, the, the lose the two schools of thought where if we lose to UConn, some people would say that Creighton is a must win. Some people would say that Seaton Hall and Providence are both must wins, regardless of which school of thought you take. Everyone agrees that if we lose to Georgetown, it's over, regardless of what happens. Um, because we can't af- afford another bad loss. Um, but I would say that if I had to. If I had to pick, I I would say that the, um, I I would say, and I and I've gone back and forth on this a little bit throughout the week. I would, and e- even though, um, I'm really tempted to say, like, to, I'm really tempted to say that Creighton that a win against Creighton would almost be in a sense through associative property, just as good as UConn, not quite as, as good, but in the same sort of echelon because they beat them and beat them really handily. Like if you look at the, if you watch the game, like it was like a 20 point win, but it felt like more like they played better than a 20 point win. They really realistically should have won by 30 or 35. Um, I I thought that, you know, despite some of the comeback stuff that attempts that that UConn had, uh, I would say that between those two groups, I thought I identify more so with the Seton Hall and Providence become must wins more so than Creighton becomes a must win I think Creighton would be an icing on the cake I think that that would move the needle maybe more than people realize I think people there's certain people that think that you know within Nova within the Nova kind of fan base that's once we beat them the first time kind of dismiss them and you know we can't really move the needle anymore with them I think and and Again, maybe that's sort of dissipated now that they've taken care of UConn. I would say that I lean more towards the Seton Hall and Providence becoming must-wins kind of boat of thought more than the being Creighton one for a couple reasons. Number one is that we've already beaten Creighton, and that Creighton team that we beat was the team that just beat UConn anyway. So you know a, a sweet as long as you know, and we won by one point. So you know, having a split of some sort, you know, that would that would mitigate it a little bit. My argument is is that we got our tough big time wins, our signature wins, early in the year, and now as we move in. It's sort of more so just about getting the necessary record, and in the one school of thought, you have two games, and then the other you have one. Um, and so and I I that that's kind of how I see it. I think as as m- more spectacular as a win against Creighton would be after this, after what we just saw. You at this, we have you know, we have the UNC win, we have the Texas Tech win, we have the Creighton win. Um, I think that in terms of the signature stuff we've done about everything that we can do, I think at this point, and this is a weird way to put it, and I've said this to people before, it's not about getting wins. It's about improving our record. And so, which is, you know, why, again, that the, and then again, that philosophy leans into the idea that I said earlier, which mm-hmm. is that if we do lose to Georgetown, we are finished. Um, but I think that if we do, and again, if we win today, none of this matters. That's the best part is that if we win today, none of it matters. But if we don't, if we don't pull off the upset, I think that the Seton Hall and Providence games, which especially if we, not only if we sweep them, but if we put up the same kind of brutalizing and overwhelming wins that we did the first time, where, okay, the community looks and says, okay, here's two other teams that are in the same, that we've put in the same kind of boat and situation that we've put Villanova in and they play each both times and in all four games collectively they blew them out with a victory every single time by 15 plus points I think that makes more of us that makes more of a statement than hey Villanova beat a team that they already beat earlier in the year that's maybe slightly more strong because um, and again, a lot of that dictates by how much. My my answer to this might change if the sense of urgency picks up. Where okay, they move Crane into single digits in the rankings. They've moved them to like even like seven or eight. I- if that becomes the case, then that can sort of be in the same territory. That, that UConn's in where they just – where it's kind of like just the big like final fastball, the kind of last big gut punch where there's just too many signature wins to deny a spot. Um, but I think that and, – and, and again, this is a very good problem to have, that we have multiple avenues um, of of going – um, uh, there will be multiple different avenues to get to the tournament. Like I said, what's the title of the episode, guys? We're not dead yet because, and you th- know, th- and that's a real that's a real idea because there are multiple. This is not just a win out way. There are multiple kind of strategic ways that we can approach this. Um, and obviously, if we do win out, then we're set. But, um, if I don't, it to me. Cause, and thankfully, we'll be able to kind of tweak our mentality between those two schools of thought because we played Creighton last. And we will be able to – because if we, if we win out ex- going into Creighton, then Creighton is not really a must-win anymore. It's a nice touch, but it's not a must-win. To me, if we – If we let's say we beat Seton Hall, but then lose to Providence, even in that sense, Creighton becomes must win. I think if we beat because and because you still want to take Creighton very seriously, I think that if we beat Providence and Seton Hall, Creighton doesn't is not a must win anymore. But I think it does turn into. I'd say a must hang for the Big East tournament specifically. I think that the idea that I've subscribed to, in my opinion, and in and and not in my opinion, this is my opinion. Um, I think the kind of entering starting point of what I would considering be considered a success and again we have to th- this might be difficult depending on how the seeding shakes out because again you know we can only face a certain number of teams and only control our destiny so much um, depending on if we get a buy or not and also just inclusive of other factors um, <clears throat> I think that really what we need is one win over a team that is not DePaul or Georgetown, because you remember the phrase that I said before in the show. Um, we don't need wins; we just need to improve our record. Even though those w- those would improve our record in terms of just winning percentage, um, it not it, it it, it, at this point in the season, those two teams are not needle movers. And it kind of su- and it now, uh, but losing would be you know in terms of a positive way, um, you know, moving the needle negatively is at play there. They said on the broadcast against Georgetown, it, th- those kinds of games for the favored teams suck because it's it's a game where you you don't really gain anything by winning, but you lose a lot by losing, um, and so I, I try to. I, I think those – I but I do expect to win those games, which is why I, you know, have, like, the little asterisks there, one win except for those teams. Um, But really a, a win – again, if we could get a third win over Seton Hall or a third win over Providence or something, you know, in that vicinity, Um, you know, maybe we, we get back at – at St. At John's, which, cause, cause, you know, they've kind of spun off a bit. And so those losses, the two losses that we have against them look really bad. Um, they, they look really, really bad, like really, really bad losses with the kind of just deterioration that they've sort of had. Um, so me- picking up an actual W check mark against them would be helpful. Um, and again, a lot of the, you know, getting, you know, being able to take two out of three against Butler, I think would be helpful since, you know, they're still in that kind of similar range to us. Um, <clears throat> I think that o- overall, I, I would say, you know, really, yeah, w- but, it, but you can hear me, right? You can hear me go through that list and find good out of all of them i think one and you know again again yukon or marquette that might have to come later down the line that's the issue right um one win against kind of that sort of cluster i i think is would be great a third win against creighton again that depends on how seating shakes out but um but I think that yeah, one win. I think one win against a team that's not DePaul or Georgetown is, I think, the right starting point. Um. To to have in I because I, I kind of view, and everyone views this differently, in terms of just so- looking at the Big East in tiers, because I think the tiers have sort of arranged themselves differently over time um, and have evolved over the course of the season. They haven't changed as much as I thought they would. They're actually surprisingly similar than what most people had going into the year, but though I view them as... Um, tier 1 is, I would say... That, that group, UConn, Marquette, Creighton, which is what we had going into the year. Some people would put UConn in its own kind of separate tier. Like, they're just tier one by themselves. I don't re- – now that Creighton has beat them and beaten them handedly, they're still the best team, obviously, but they, they don't – they've kind of lost the privilege of being in their own kind of separate category. Um, I think so, at, at least. Um. So that's the first tier. Um, that's the f- then there's this massive second tier. It's a it's a very very big middle. Um, it's a there's a it's a 16 middle, and this is just you know we can argue the order all we want because you know the theme of the year has been how the middle of the pack in the Big East the margins are so small, but. The six teams that I would consider, you know, up and down, no one really knows what's going on, are us, Villanova, um, Seton Hall, Providence, Butler, St. John's, and Xavier. And I I think that, I mean, really, you can break that into two tiers. I think there's tier two, we'll call it 2A. Which I would say is Villanova, Providence, and Seton Hall, which have been the more consistent teams. And then Tier 2, which is St. John's and Xavier. And, again, this is accounting for all different opinions because you can break this up even more so. Some people would even consider 2A. People would put Butler in there. Um, Others would put – and then you know, kind of have 2B be just St. John's and Providence. There's so many different ways that you can break it down. Um, so I just kind of put it in one tier and then the order of it or like the microstructure of it, you can kind of decide for yourself, but that is tier two collectively. And then you have the bottom scrub, which is Georgetown and DePaul by themselves. And it's such a, it's such a far pull down, um, um. I think you know Division One's Division One, but I think people underestimate how hard it is for a team like to like for a, a team to be that bad. How bad DePaul has been, um. So, yeah, I, I just so that that's kind of how I view it. So I think really the other way to say it is we need one win in the Big East tournament against a team in Tier Two, and I think that. In term there are multiple different successful contexts for if we beat this team, it's good for this reason. If we beat this team, it's good for that reason. Reason A, reason B, reason C, whatever, whatever, or whatever. Um So again, like we're not dead yet. Title of the episode again, or we ain't dead yet. I think that these that that's more flashy for me. Uh you know, we, we look at it I look at it and I say, okay. Like, there's multiple avenues to success here. And, again, none of this matters if we win tonight. If we win tonight and then we beat Georgetown, then we're set. I, I really do think that. I think even if we lose out, I mean, that, that might be a stretch. We'll have to see what the win looks like. And I think the win against Georgetown would have to be, like, especially convincing, like another, like, like a 25-plus win, like we what we did against Seton Hall. But – I think there there are the there's not one clear road, but there's multiple smaller roads of different situations that we can get this done. Um. So yeah, it's exciting. These are good problems to have, guys. Um, that's gonna do it for me today on the Believe Network. But this has been the Cattitude Podcast, Villanova Basketball with Anders Pryor. Thank you for again for making. All of us here at Believe and myself especially, a part of your sports media consumption week. Go have fun at the game tonight. If you're going, if you're making the travel, if you live in Connecticut, go out there and and, and be safe. If not, have fun watching at home. I I'm sure I know that I will for sure. Um, and I will see you guys very soon. Enjoy spring training. Enjoy the better weather. Go cats. I'll talk to you guys soon.